chill, 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 chill. Hold up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. God, look who that is. Look who just rolled up in the team. Short up. Brooklyn on his back. Hey, yo, yo, let's do that Brooklyn shit. Let's do that Brooklyn shit. That shit. Yeah, yeah. Who we rockin' for? Who we rockin' for? Brooklyn on his back. Uh, black party. Corner store. The downtown. The projects. these curves with J.U. Ice. When they say you say nice, you I nice. say sign a little something. Brooklyn's asphalt rolls like the Fenty Rodeo. We bump the big, big sound. Down and gritty. Reckoning my checking 
no question this section of new york city where the country lounge out black power is found butterfly ground the sky favorite package of pound it's like dead ass the beast know we be strapping the mouth mad money drip they be like us clout clout when i'm in the boogie i'm imported i study chairman math ain't nothing but crippling in my plasma now i got my juice behind the tongue of my gold night classics i'm all city when i'm dipped if you want us you can find us Rest in peace to the legend Tame One of the Artifacts. Sad loss for hip hop. Rest in forever. Artifacts forever. Oh, 
with stripes like crokeheads and broke bread, stay open-minded, not relevant, knowing what's said, heads to kick you back and laugh, if not with you, but at you, with malice, chill with you past the challenge, embarrassed by who a cat is, anything raw to the face to drop before Drake ain't necessarily a throwback, but the generation gap is too big for you new kids to know that, means great painting ancient history, typically these days, and DJs boycott my voice box, and I don't get black. If your denims don't choke the balls, young bitches don't notice y'all. The overall, you ain't eating, defeating protocol. As soon as ballers took them ropes off, niggas got rode off. Y'all making hip hop look so soft. Take a trip, climb aboard on the journey of a war. 94 scholars of the power time war. Grinding lines more out of space when we tour. AOF niggas, death spitters, we adore. Take a trip, climb aboard on the journey of a war. 94 scholars of the power time war. Grinding lines more out of space when we tour. AOF niggas, death spitters, heat for sure. We from a time of Cold War and lyrical repertoire. Original scores, riveting, pivotal, street of law. Rennie's mature, now we're elder statesmen rated active. Lights flashing, on duty, hit for satisfaction. Tame tiger, main attraction, bragging rights reaction. Jersey faction in action, adventurous and dashing. Outlasting the face, expirational dates, credible taste. The cure, I get medical waste, exceptional fate. Leads a beautiful death with fate. Carry the torch and passed over infectual race. Edible case, out of space, out of limit taste. Out to relate, out niggas, out to be great. Straight to this bitch, premeditated, delicate spit. The heaviest and technical wit, connected through grit. Professional tip, never settle for regular shit. Level the tip, special when the legible sit. Take a trip, climb aboard on the journey of a war. 94 scholars of the power time war. Grinding lines more out of space when we tour. AOF niggas, death spitters, we adore. Take a trip, climb aboard on the journey of a war. 94 scholars of the power time war. Grinding lines more out of space when we tour. AOF niggas, death spitters, heat for sure.
sweat, money make a bet. Funny son, you threat. Well, I ain't shaking yet. 24-7 chilling. Tougher than penicillin from the block where the crooked cops killing like a villain. Children in the hood getting rocked. Bodybuilders and brothers cross the board getting knocked by the millions distressed. Got me igniting the potent marijuana leaf. Trying to play it cooler than the polar bear colony. You feel the music norm over there probably. Pimping on the same system that forever shorted me. I got the soul of a young Sam Cook when I spit. It make you want to make a new dance up. It's all to the good, shorty born, do that stuff. It's not another sound system. Rockin' steady is up, and it's cool. Yeah, stay cool, huh? Check it out, it's just Guns and cash be probably wanna get me to run so they can blast me. Just blast me in your box, play my shit. I know it's crowded at the top, cause I'm on the tip, and that's as high up at the top as a brother could get. And how I do it make a lot of motherfuckers upset, but it's fine. Read Jizzle and I'm back for mine. In case y'all getting tired of the same old shine, and I'm calm, calculated, and perfectly aligned. The way I'm operating, what is it? Surgery and rhyme. It's not a thing when I lower the gradient lens frames. I'm cooler than Clyde Stubblefield, drummer for James, hip hop. Was out of hustle, bill, come up a chain. I exercise till a muscle bill breaking the chains, and I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into some, some things. Uh-huh. want to dedicate this joint right here to Jonathan Jackson and George Jackson. Peace to those brothers. want to shout out my man, Sharon the Worm. 80 years. Come on, nigga. Come on, niggas. Oh. I just burnt my American flag and sent three cracker Nazis to hell and I'm sad. Uh, I'm loading tefts in my mag to send these redneck bigots some death in the bag. Choke him out with his Confederate flag. I know these devils are mad. Little rap fans that live way out in safe suburbia. Would you stand with me? A United States murderer. Huh? Would you testify? You buy my songs. You buy my songs. But will you ride with me? You understand my struggle? That's what you claim, right? And get your aim right. And get your game tight. Don't buy my songs, y'all don't roll with it. 
coming to concerts singing ho and shit. Fuck y'all little, little hoe bitches. I don't need y'all. I'll go go with it. I heard y'all was downloading it. <laughs> like I'm y'all man who be exposing shit. <laughs> like uh, William Cooper. Who told you the pale horse is the future. Would you testify with some realness like that? Think you scared? I don't think you prepared. Yeah. You know what I'm asking you? Do we know what I'm asking you? <laughs> wow. Wow. Sauce on the stool and they be breathing fire. Yeah, yeah. Caucasian drop with no top grade pop, but the spurs on that beat we outside. <laughs> the goal was in guap, it would make it more opportunities in house. Fortune and bottle too, we got some more to do low, but tell me I'm my wife. I really feel more community than come. Round here we got motion. My beat right around the front ocean. 
I'm bro riding around with this clothes. I'm feeling the spirit of ghosts that I can't be a mirror. The sun, the dog, and the shit that I go through. Sometimes you gotta move when the spirit says so. Okay, Jose, I'm a R.I.P. Draco.
she wanna be a go go girl. She wanna be a go go girl. Chill toes at the disco, finger roll rings and things. She came from Jupiter. Spoke with a tongue that'll leave most stupider. She was an angel, not to be cuffed up or wrangled. The arms sport six bangles. Many nigga took L's just to enable her world, her imagination. On point, good pussy, education, free from the matrix. A kiss tastes sweet like Clementine. I remember we met during wartime. Visualized great design, no trivia. Sitting on a park bench thinking about you. Cities of Eve. I can't stop playing that album. <clears throat> and that track right there was Connections Chance. Probably my favorite song out right now. Just amazing on the production and sound design. No one else sounds like him right there. Before that, Draco the Ruler, Hang with the Ops, off his first posthumous album, Long Love the Truth. R.I.P. Draco. Some new Smino. No L's off his new album, Love for Rent, another one of my favorites this year. Nas with Testify. Stay Cool by The Roots. Artifacts and Buckwild with Take a Trip off their newest album. Uh, what was that called? Let me get this right. No expiration date. New Artifacts and Buckwild album. R.I.P. Tame One again. Before that, Diggable Planets, Burrow Check, off Blow Up Comb. D'Angelo and the Vanguard, Sugar Daddy. San Francisco's very own Girls with Saying I Love You. Prince with Strolling. Come On Let's Funk by Zach. New Sam Gelletry, that track was called The One. 
And we started all the way back with that WizKid, Bad to Me. And right now, I'm gonna get into some different artists stepping around one of my favorite genres of music. I'm talking about Shoegaze, which is, has some of the most interesting bands, I think, last 20, 30 years. And uh, we're gonna get to some of my favorites right now. We gotta start off with San Francisco's very own powerhouse group, Deaf Heaven, who are putting their own spin on the genre, mixing black metal and some other stuff in the mix. We gotta bring it back with the title track, Sunbather, Deaf Heaven. This is the final hour, Mimi Radio.
Together we could cry and break forever. 
Crash my car, right into a tree. I just my for a choice you could back to me. You could my mind, and left me to bleed. I know you'd never cause an accident for me. Breathe. It makes me so angry All I do is get my taste I let the blood take
right, that was Last Valentine's The Wonder Girl Remix by Pink Pantheris. Before that, Chromatics with the Page Gang Gang Dance with Vacuum. Lush with Deluxe. Sometimes by My, My Bloody Valentine. Hope Sandoval and the Warm Inventions with On the Low. And we started that hour off with some Deaf Heaven Sunbather. And uh, tonight I'm going to actually end things a little early right now. But thank you all so much for tuning in again to another fun episode of the final hour. Hope you like the tracks I played and check out some of these artists I've been playing. They're all some of my favorites. We'll be back next week with more music. Hope to uh, pull to our set then. But uh, yeah, just got to dip early right now. I'm going to end it, y'all, with a little shot of day as a treat. Thank you again so much for tuning in. My name is The Archivist. Keep it locked here always F mutiny radio in the final hour every sunday night 8 10 p.m thank you again so much love y'all peace
flat like plastic. Mutiny Radio. Out of them.
Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I wrote this song. I I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to Carl. 
French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hey, hi, welcome to LWAFLMOYT. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? All right. Ready to watch this film. Looking forward to a good episode because it's a good film. We are going to watch a good film this week. We are streaming right now, as we always do, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on San Francisco's own Mutiny Radio. What is Mutiny Radio? It's an internet radio station. You can find it at mutinyradio.fm. You can hit it and you can stream it. The full afternoon uh, Sunday shows. We're just part of it, so make it an afternoon. But check it out. Listen to us first on Mutiny Radio. Listen to us next on our podcast, which uh, posts every Sunday night, Sunday afternoon. Uh, you have to find it by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll hear the, the podcast. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with the sound off, and you're going to listen, watch the movie and listen to our podcast at the same time. So you're going to have to find the YouTube. If you want to just not deal with it, Check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Carl is the producer of this show. You heard his fantastic theme song. He has researched this movie we're going to watch. He has also synced this movie and posted it on YouTube. And very shortly, Carl, we'll be hearing an interview you had with a celebrity comedian who will talk Correct. about their celebrity and their comedianness, and then give us a countdown to this movie. I'm really anxious. A good movie this week? Carl, what is this movie? This week we will watch The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Don't don't put in man. The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. And the channel we like is Kenny Love Music Movie. Not Jimmy Eat World. Kenny Love Music Movie. That's the most inspirational uh, YouTube channel I've heard. So Kenny Loves mo- mo- Music Movies. Fuck you books. Kenny doesn't like them. No, no, Magazines, no. Uh, book, it, movie is quicker. It goes yeah. right in, you know? Uh-huh. Video uh, game, too much for Kenny. So go ahead and find Shrinking the, Woman, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, 1981. Kenny loves music. You're going to find Kenny's link. Here's what we need you to do. We want you to enjoy the following interview coming up. And during the interview, we want you to hit, find the link, hit play, hit pause. Whoa, no, even worse. That, 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 yes. So two ads will play. One you just gonna have to watch. The other one you can skip at five. And once that rig- no, actually I just got one ad today. Good for me, right? Lucky me. Yeah, I got one ad. After that ad plays, hit pause, move your timer to zero zero zero, and then while you're listening to the interview, the celebrity comedian, when they're done, they're gonna give you the celebrity comedian countdown. And when they say go, we go. So Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Carfaro. Welcome. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Now, we know each other out there on the comedy scene. Most of the time, it's open mics, less than shows, and I think you're very new to comedy. Maybe there was a pre-pandemic time, but, uh, you know, in the in the context of things, right, it's pretty new. Tell, tell me why you got into comedy, how you got into comedy, and how long are we talking about here? 
Sure. So uh, before the pandemic, I had one of my friends who thought he was funny come at me and say, hey, I'm doing an open mic. I know you love comedy. Uh, why don't you come out and uh, try it out? So me and him, we went to the uh, the original stand in New York City. Ah, uh-huh, the original first one. Yeah. open mic. Yeah. Um, that dirty, dingy basement. Yeah. I was like, we've made it. This is how comedy <laughs> should be. And I told a story uh, about my dad something I've told to all my friends, family, hundreds of times, you know? So I already knew that it was going to be a decent story to tell. And we got some laughs. But for us, we were like, first time we got laughs. Comedy's easy. Like, it's done. <laughs> it then really is. We went, yeah. Then we went back the second week, tried actual material, and just played to crickets. <laughs> so mm. I took a little bit of time off after that. Uh, I had to check the ego a little bit. But then um, – was that I'd Laughing say, Buddha? What's that? Was that Laughing Buddha? So, yeah, it was uh, early on in the Laughing Buddha. I don't think they had a formal uh, agreement yet with the stand, but now if you go to the stand, it's all Laughing Buddha shows right. as far as the open mic, um, which I like those people. They're nice. Um, they let you on, and they, they give you some good encouragement. Those are always good mics to do. Um, but then I took a little time off. And then I really because missed it. Because of the it, pandemic? So. Because of the pandemic? or So that was in 2017. So I took about till uh, early 2019 to get uh-huh. back into it. I really needed some time to let that ego cool off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then I went real hard um, on comedy, going all the open mics. Uh, I actually saw you for the first time. We didn't uh, meet then, but I saw you at uh, Scotty's Comedy uh, Cove. Yeah. And I saw you do the first mic flip. And I was like, oh, comedy is more than just telling stories. This is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I hit up the scene a little bit, did a couple showcases in the city, uh, actually got uh, the industry room at um, Broadway Comedy Club. I won that competition. So I Terrific. had a little bit of a residency. And then right at the turn of that, pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a scientist. Uh, former scientist, I guess you could call it at this point. Well, you're um, between jobs, right? Right, right. I'm taking scientist. a little bit of a hiatus. <laughs> you're educated. You are a scientist. Right. So literally, right, we hit the pandemic. I think comedy's dead. So I'm like, I might as well just double down on science because hopefully this is the only pandemic I'll ever see in my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty good to get that on a resume. <laughs> So I did that. And did then, you do any um, Zoom shows during the pandemic? No, I literally just said, Chris, if you're going to do something, you have to do it all the way. Um, it looks like that's going to be science. You know, I didn't really have a lot of connections at the time in comedy. So I didn't know who I could ask where they were doing Zoom shows, uh, where the uh, outdoor shows were. So right. I, I literally just said, it's time for you to be a scientist, time to help out the community. And then I was like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> I need to get back into comedy. Now, you do a lot of jokes about growing up rural, right? Growing oh, yeah. up country. Tell me about that. Where did you grow up? How did this influence your comedy? And uh, what's the contrast now? Uh, I mean, we're, this isn't ur- an urban setting, but still, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell us about the difference. Of course. So uh, I grew up in Long Valley, New Jersey, which uh, uh-huh. if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's in Morris County, right up against the Pennsylvania border. Um, and I grew up right across from a horse farm. 
-hmm. So it's pretty rural. Uh, it has like a quarter mile long driveway. Uh, so it's definitely different. I live in Hoboken right now. Yeah. And uh, just the, the sound at night, I'm used to, you know, hearing like raccoons and, and deer and bear. Sure. And those things are what put me to sleep, you know? When I hear a siren, I'm like, all right, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. got to be an emergency. Exactly. But I feel like that has definitely uh, influenced my comedy, at least uh, up until this far. Uh, I mean, the great juxtaposition between where I grew up and where I uh, am living now. Plus, I also went to school in the Bronx at Fordham University. There's just so much that an outside observer who's never experienced any of this, mm -hmm. like you can just take in. I've never experienced Ubers until, you know, mm -hmm. probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. So that whole experience is one thing that's still kind of blowing my mind. I don't understand how you could have a stranger just pick you up in the car. Now, from in Long Valley, still within 50 minutes, you're in the city, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and Morristown, that's, you know, I mean, you weren't so removed, right? right. Is it really so secluded? It's pretty crazy because I would say up until college, um, maybe a little bit in high school, I thought Morristown was the big city. Uh -huh. You know, we pl I played football in uh, high school. We played Morristown every single year. And when uh -huh. we would go there, we were like, all right, are we going to have police escorts or something? It's pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, it's and dangerous then, in Morristown. Yeah, later on, I met someone from Morristown football team. And uh, we actually had a cow walk across our football field right before a state championship, or not state championship, mm -hmm. state playoff game when we were playing Morristown. And they were like, we'd never seen anything like that. We were just waiting for a bear to come eat the cow. So <laughs> it wasn't just me. I always felt like it was just me projecting, but it's other people. It's yes. uh, it's a whole new world. Okay. Now I want to get to this movie podcast. You have a huge movie podcast. <laughs> What's the name of it? Well, it's called the huge movie podcast <laughs> because it's all encompassing, right? So it's me, um, my friend from home, Connor Garrigan, uh, John Gallagher, a new friend, and Jack mm -hmm. Mayberry, our producer. What we're doing every week is we've taken the IMDb Top 100 Movies of All Time list, and we've put that into a giant bracket, right? So we use the seating from that to make our matchups. Um, and every single week, we take one matchup, we argue about which movie should be moving on, which one's best. We argue why that is. And uh, overall, we're hoping to see what the actual greatest movie of all time is, uh -huh. in our opinion. Gotcha. Um, we've had a very, very big disagreement with IMDb. Uh -huh. We hate Citizen Kane, as I told you before. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the most overrated movies there is. And it if is. everyone disagrees, come listen to the podcast, come comment, and I'll fight you on it. <laughs> Yeah, Rosebud, not uh, the most uh, revealing ending. Uh, I don't know. Like we were talking in person, you know, it was um, it was it was shocking to people at the time, and that made it very popular. And now it's gotten to the point. You're right; it's overrated, at least yeah. in my opinion. I'm with you guys there. A hundred percent. And you know, it's not to say that at the time these movies weren't good or on the cutting edge. But as one of the main theme, themes we've been talking about, because we're still in the lower ranked movies, those yeah. tend to be the older movies that have fallen out of favor with people. We've noticed 
that the technology for when these old movies came out were cutting edge at the time, right? Yeah. It influenced a bunch of different movies. However, the movies that are being produced right now have taken what they've done, expanded upon it, and it's like anything. The old's going to come out and the new's going to replace it. Yes. Not saying that those weren't great movies at the time, but there's better stuff now because of those old movies. Yeah. So you can still have an appreciation. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, Chris Cafiro, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? Do you have a website? Do you have YouTube? Uh, is Instagram your haunt? H how can people f find you and find out what you're up to? So biggest two things, uh, Instagram and YouTube, uh, both of those are at Chris Carfaro. Um, in Instagram and YouTube are both where you'll find the uh, podcast as well, uh, the Huge Movie Podcast. Again, uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Topher Carf. So it's the end of Christopher and the first four <laughs> letters of Carf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's people, basically it. So people who are listening to the audio version know the last spelling of your last name. It's like Car, then Far, then an O. Car, yeah, car, far, far, oh. But it's, <laughs> very nice, but it's Car Pharaoh. It's Car Pharaoh. Yes. Okay, now, Chris, Chris Car Pharaoh, everyone at home, poised to watch this film, same time we do here in the studio. So everyone at home has got to press play on their device at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Chris Caffaro, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, I've been waiting for this. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for your Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it later. Right, we're starting off with Universal, the old school intro. Yeah, this is a Universal movie. It really appeals to all audiences. Universally. <laughs> oh, there's no CC on this. Uh, Kenny, come on, we need closed captioning. Well, many Tom Lily Tomlin, it says for you, Charles Grodin. Oh, it's Star Pack. It's, it's it is Star Pack. Ned, Ned Beatty. Beatty. Listen, you can't have Charles Grodin without Ned Beatty. Good point. I love the graphics. Talk about 1981. Yeah, it's like your calculator's graphic. Your pocket calculator. See how they what? zoomed in. So, so the cast is full blast. Mark Blankfield. Who's Mark Blankfield? He, we saw him as the star in The Jerk 2. That's right. He was the star. That's right. And he does his job in this film. I mean, he really does a good job. You know, he's very much a comedic actor. There's lots of um, Pratt Hall kind of things. Now, so Mike... what this movie is trying to do is talk about how awful consumerism was in the 70s. How it, I mean, this is 81, it's released, but it was shot in the 70s. And so is this an actual commercial? So this guy's actually on the street as from a supermarket. Right. And he's trying to get people to try the product. And it's basically cheese whiz. Um, and of course, cheese whiz tastes gross. I think personally, myself, a lot of the more sodium, the better it tastes. Oh, and I agree with you on that. So that's the joke. People are going to try the product and blech. This whole movie is talking about the consumerism and it blames her shrinking on these chemicals, you know, from all the products. Based suggested by the novel, Thinking Man. 
Right. Now, in 1957, there was a movie called The Incredible Shrinking Man. And they're trying to say that this movie is a parody of it, but it's not. It's just the title. It's just a parody of the title, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a book in 1956 called The Shrinking Man, and it was uh, authored, let's see. Yeah, here it is. The guy's name is Richard Matheson. He hated this film. He thought it was terrible and unfunny. Oh, no, that poor guy. He must have seen the yeah. wrong movie. Yeah, he's a famous Twilight Zone science fiction writer. Richard Matheson. Yep, look. He, she, he just shoves she he just shoves the crackers in her mouth. Lily Tomlin is just a consumer coming out of the grocery and she's been ambushed. Right. All on television too. Let's see what he says. She's reading a book. That's how I do it. I have my four kids on the shopping cart while I push a novel. <laughs> now her kids are the typical 70s kids they are not well disciplined they're out of control because kids will be kids is the way we thought of it back then so oh, they right. chaos and trouble and also it's about the craziness of life with kids that accidents will happen and that's what's just about to happen this curious little girl uh the aerosol can Back in the 70s, that's instant death. Now, I, I guess yeah. that's a cleaning product or something. They're really struggling it with. Now, every movie has an inciting incident that kicks off our movie. Like you see the beginning of the hero's regular world, and then something happens that rips them away from that regular world. Well, Gosh. this movie doesn't do a good job with the inciting incident. We really don't know what is making her shrink. When I saw the film as a kid, and that's why I suggested I did this. Too. So I thought she fell into a vat of chemicals and it, it affected her. But no, that was actually the ending. And I will get to that. So, oh man, okay. look at those melons. <laughs> it's more of the craziness of suburban life. And I'm, I'm one thing I should mention up front during the opening credits this is written by Jane Wegman and directed by yeah. Joel Shoemaker. And, and right. I think with Lily Tallinn and uh, Charles Grodin, I only saw this movie in 1981. But yeah, yeah it stuck with me. This film I really liked it too. Me. I really yeah. did. And I, I don't know if I liked it, but it stuck with me too. It's, it does a, a trick. And again, like I'm watching, I can't say I'm rewatching it if it's been 42 years, but. Yeah, right. You can't. Yeah. I know. But it's like what I remember as a kid was that it was entertaining. But it had a real message about like just like a really strong feminist message in this because she literally is neglected in this movie. And uh, she's like wow. just an item. She's an object in her little dollhouse, literally, in this film. And the husband ignores her and she's trying to be heard. And no. I just remember No, that's not the movie no. I saw forty one years ago. No, she is a major character in this film who is not overlooked at all she is but the husband the, loved by the husband really okay all right. absolutely but don't you think it's a metaphor being trapped in a dollhouse and being small in a room whose voice is small 
I think it could be a metaphor. If this movie had a small woman who was ignored, she is large and in charge in this film. No, are we seeing two Lilies? We are. We're seeing two Lily Toms. She'll play four people in this, four characters, and two of them are made famous from um, from from Latin, which was her start, really. Let's now, see. she was in, most recently in a movie called 80 for Brady, but this movie, right. she's like 40 for Brady, right? Because it's 42 years ago? Yeah, I suppose, yes. She probably is in her early 40s here. Now, the woman who... She, She's sitting across from herself. Now, this neighbor is named Judith Beasley, and she was a character really from Tom Lily Tomlin's live comedy shows, uh, more than laugh-in. We'll see that telephone operator. Oh, one ringy-dingy? But it's like a cameo kind of thing. Luann, I think. No, Luann was the child uh, she did. Let's see. Ernestine, a telephone operator, and Edith Ann was a little girl who would sit in the big chair. She'd pretend to be a little girl, and that was on Laughing. That didn't make it into this film, but it did make it into the TV version of this film. Oh, how cool is that? For no other reason, because they have the footage. It's like, here, I'm going to leave these products with you. She goes, I have no room in my house for these products. She goes, no problem. <laughs> they stick to the wall. More products. <laughs> That'll be throughout the film. It's sort of like an Avon lady kind of takeoff. Consumerism just trying to sell right, to all to of house, the birds. Literally, literally in your own home. And the husband, of course, has a job doing advertising for products. Gotcha. Now we're having a funny bit, and they're doing the crazy music of got to put all the groceries away. This is uh, me and my house. It's that I don't put them away. I just eat them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, where's well, where's the pop tart? Oh, never mind. Now we don't have bags anymore at the store. Do you guys still have that in LA? Yeah, I mean, you California has a law. This takes place in California. Again, when we saw this, we were in New Jersey, and I always had a idealized fantasy of what California was like because of films like this. But as mm -hmm. it stands today, you can get a bag. You just pay a dime. Because oh, okay. Is it a plastic bag or a reusable? It really, it really depends on the comp on the store, but it's usually a plastic or paper bag. And like at Trader Joe's, I'll get a double paper bag, or I could buy like the little reusable Trader Joe's bag, say. But if I do the double bag, that's twenty cents. But it's you know what? When that law passed like ten years ago, right? I, it was fine. I just need the fucking bags. I'll right. pay the extra ten cents. I reuse the bags. Yeah. Anyway, so now here comes Charles Grodin after his business trip. And he like did really well, and they gave him an hour long presentation. They gave him a standing ovation. Now look, that's love. That is love. Yeah. It's not an ignored woman, and it's all going to be about them tonight. Right. Oh, with the kids too. Or the kids are not. Well, happy the kids like daddy's home, and they're like, "Hi, dad." And he goes, "All right, I guess the presents will wait." And they go presents, and they run. The good, good. That's good airport presents right there. Yeah. Right? Welcome right. to Seattle. They I make that joke, Mike. Oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a dead ringer. But you have to expect it, right? Mm-hmm. And for the lady... <laughs> <laughs>
Now, Joel Shoemaker and, well, you know, I don't know if you remember Lily Tomlin had a woman, one woman show called In Search of Intelligent Life in the Universe. Yes, it, yes. And that was one of her first big things that made her a famous comedian. That's written by Jane Wegman, who wrote the screenplay. Well, that, she would, Jane uh, Wagner is her Wagner. wife in yeah. real life. For decades. They met. Let's see. They met so long ago. Um, she made a writing debut, CBS Afternoon Special, JT, in 1969. She won a Peabody Award for that. And that drew the attention of Tomlin, who was looking for someone to help develop the laugh-in character, Edith Ann. So that's okay, it was the beginning of a collaboration. They fell in love, and, and they're, they're together today. Back when she was 20 for Brady. What? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, she wrote and directed Moment by Moment, starring Tomlin and John Travolta. She wrote this. Oh, yes. uh, well, it's a long list of things. They're not all collaborations with uh, Lily Tomlin, yeah. but most of them are. And most... I think she's very comfortable with that. I saw a really good movie with Lily Tomlin called Grandma. It came out maybe eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. And that starred the woman who would go on to be in Ozark and yeah, get the... very successful. She wasn't at the time, but she really did a good job. She really played the um, meek, uh, you know, she was a girl in trouble. And yeah. Grandma was helping. Grandma was helping. Yeah, that's true. Now, he's going through names for perfumes. How about intense? How about this? And, and Lily Tomlin goes... How about sex pot? And the next thing you know, he's in the office going, sex pot, sex pot. <laughs> it's bold. I like it. It's direct and to the point. It's, it's hardcore marketing. I love now, it. this is a little sick because they want to overhear their parents having sex. But when their parents really do start to have sex, they leave, which is the proper thing to do as a little pig kid. Now, remember I told you about the inciting incident. What right. is making her shrink? We really don't get to see it except for in this scene, there's like a hint. See, they're going to do it now, and the kids just recognize that and walk away. Oh, good. We're panning over to what might be the inciting incident. What else could it be? So does he shrink in this scene? I could explain how he had a long trip. That's the thing I was thinking. If this is the inciting incident, then why why isn't he shrinking? Oh, all the chemicals from the yeah. neighbor. I guess from the neighbor. Is it from the neighbor? I, I there, That was on a box on the shelf. Right. So here he is in the office going, sex pot. Look at that baby's hair. God bless him. I just think of sex and dope. Sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's a shame, you know, we always say, like, if you want to see this movie, it's on YouTube. So, you know, yes. we're going to talk over it. It's our podcast. But... Well, yeah, I recommend that you see this film. Now, look, this isn't the greatest film in the world, but you are going to laugh and you are going to enjoy it. And everyone's charismatic in it, but it's not the greatest film ever. And it's not just drop dead hilarious. Um, are, you, so... are you a fan of the director? Are you aware of the director? Well, the, this director is a big deal, uh, and this is his premiere as a director. This is his first film out. directing. 
knocks he it out. He was really a costume designer, a production designer, and he was an author. He wrote Car Wash, and he wrote The Wiz. As uh, yeah, the screenplay. Joel Schumacher, yeah, yeah, he wrote the screenplay. Now he did DC Cab, Saint Elmo's Fire. You know this guy, of course. Uh, the Lost Flat Boys, Flatliners. Yes, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. He's out there. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, tell me, tell well, me. You look at the list. Tell me his last films because he did one where. Um, in... 2011, he did Trespass. 2011, he did Man in the Mirror. 2010, he did Twelve. Huh. 2009, he did Blood Creek. 2007, he did the number 23. That's the Jim Carrey movie. 2004, Phantom of the Opera. Huh. Okay, but check this out, Mike. The original director of this film was John Landis, who walked away from the production and walked right into American Werewolf in London. So he walked out of this and into tremendous success. He didn't like the budget. The budget was going to be $30 million, and then they cut it to eleven. And he goes, what? Fuck this shit. And then it was thirteen, But in the end, it was $20 million because of all the shrinking stuff. So John Landis, this was going to be his film, and wow. he walked away from it. And it, and it launched um, Joel Shoemaker. You know, I, I'm going to plug a friend of mine, uh, David Gebro, who is a fantastic uh, guy, and he has a music podcast called Discography. So think of the word disco and the graffiti, discography, graffiti, discography. Okay. And um, that's how it's spelled. He has a six part interview with John Landis, who he's, he's been a six colleague. Of he's known John Landis for like 20 years. Yeah. And right now the first one came out and he talks about being in Europe, his big break and doing Slock, his first movie. So I'm going to listen and see what he has to say about Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yeah, he might. About. Yeah. Okay, now one of the products they sell is Galaxy Glue. And so it was a blessing that the base got broke because he could try the product that they're selling. But what's going to happen is Galaxy Glue is going to get on everything. There's going to be a big chaos suburban crisis lifestyle with um, the Galaxy Glue getting everybody stuck. Now, you you definitely say like suburban lifestyle and everybody because the whole neighborhood is here. Right. Now, this is where it starts. The galaxy glue is on her fingers. And now it's, I mean, the stuff is so good. Everybody who touches anybody who's got galaxy glue is stuck. He's wearing a Hulk Dracula costume. Yeah. It's more of the, I don't know. When my kids were, I, I mean, I'm not a strict disciplinarian or something. But when my kids were raised, like it was, there was order you know what i mean like a scene like this would never happen like right no just wearing their halloween costumes around the house would not that's not really true i guess that's not true they do whatever they she has three kids right oh pop a a daughter and a son oh two kids and a dog Okay, so now, for the first time ever, we're going to get, like, some indication that something's wrong. The straps on her overalls are really loose. And the the bracelet she always wears is slipping off her. It's the first indication that something weird is going on. Nobody puts two and two together. Uh. 
She, he's yeah. like, are you losing weight? Well, that's a big fruit loop. Toy surprise. Yeah, now look, he goes to kiss her, and she's shorter than he expected. So she kisses. He kisses her like face instead of lips. Oh, so they do go to the doctor. Right. Lee Van Cleef. Right. Is and it it's just like you're short? You weigh less. You're losing pounds, and nobody loses height. So that's a little concerning. It's a little weird. Now, look, I think this neighbor, you see how she's yeah. now walking through and she's short. I think this neighbor is too much like Lily Tomlin. It doesn't come off well. Everybody could see it's her twice. Is that your sister? You know? Right. Okay, so now they have the dilemma of she isn't a shrinking person as much as she's losing. Like